Thank you for joining me, David Clark, CFA, for the latest episode of the CFA UK In Conversation podcast. This is the show for investment professionals, focusing on a whole manner of topics and interesting insights that are affecting the profession today. Today, we are talking to Victoria McLean, CEO of Hanover Talent Solutions, about menopause at work. I mean, this is a huge topic, and it's been a taboo for many years. Thank goodness we're now bringing this out into the open with all good employers listening to women and working to find solutions together. And today it's a very high level overview to help our listeners and representatives from investment firms raise awareness of some of the issues and provide some solutions to help retain and support female workers. So uh, hello, Victoria. How are you this morning? Hi there. I'm good, thank you. How are you, David? I'm very good. And I suppose the first thing I wanted to say about this is, is, is one, I, I'm a 51-year-old male. I, I'm completely ignorant about this. And I, I, I possibly speak for quite a few men on this. And the other thing is, I'm, 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 I'm a tad uncomfortable talking about it, as, 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 as we often can be about these health issues. So, 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 you know, I hope you'll introduce me then to some of the key issues around this. So everyone thinks that menopause is when a woman's fertility stops. What what really happens at menopause? So a, a lot of my knowledge from this has stemmed from my work as a coach, and I run um, all sorts of events for our clients. But um, more recently, menopause has become a really hot topic. So I've been asked to talk about the menopause and how organisations can support their women. And also I've been, been, been supporting men and women within those companies. But what a lot of people don't realise is that menopause isn't just something that happens to women in their 50s. So whilst officially our... Uh, um, period stop, we stop being fertile when we're around 51 on average, most women will start to experience something called perimenopause about eight to 10 years in advance of that. So that could be from the late from the late 30s. Um, and that is because as you start to approach your 40s and you're in your 40s, which actually isn't particularly old by anyone's standards, our hormones start to fluctuate. So we have estrogen, progesterone, and believe it or not, quite a lot of testosterone. A lot of people think that's just men, but we have a lot of that too. And as they fluctuate and start to decline, and in many cases drop off a cliff, that massively affects us in a physical and psychological way. So probably from the age of 40-ish, we start to experience this. We then keep to build, build, build throughout our, our 40s. On average, age 51, you hit menopause, which is officially one year after your period stops or your last period. But most people don't actually time when that might be. So a lot of people aren't really sure when they're in menopause. And then you have postmenopause, which is another five years. And that's the final chapter about uh, yeah, of that, that period. But you just think about it. Women in their 40s, 50s, we're really in the prime of our working life. We've got all that knowledge. Think about it in, in financial services. Many of us have built really good relationships with clients. We really should be thriving. And we've got all that knowledge to give to the younger men and women in the organisation. And yet we're going through all this turmoil at the same well, time. Well, yeah, I mean, look, the, the key thing here is, uh, you know, it's good to understand what are the key symptoms? What really happens? You know, I mean, like you can talk about the biology of it. But what's the outward effect for, for women going through this? Uh, there are so many symptoms. There, there are 34, but I actually think there's probably loads more than 34, but there are 34 known symptoms. So that's quite overwhelming to think a lot of women are going through all of those. Some people sail through it, others don't. But let me give you some examples. So estrogen affects our brain 
and that particularly part of our brain that affects our temperature control and our sleep. So if you're not sleeping very well, you're tired at work, you're more likely to get brain fog, just be generally quite exhausted while you're at work. Um, if, if our temperature control is being affected, and one of the most famous symptoms is a hot flash or a hot flush, um, I've been lucky enough never to suffer from one of those, but a lot of women do. And apparently it just feels like you are yeah, standing in front of a furnace. Um, happens at night, again, disturbing a lot of women's sleep, but also they might be in a meeting or sitting at their desk and suddenly whoosh, you know, boiling, boiling hot, feeling like they, they need to strip off. Um, there were some studies and quite recently Channel 4 have, have been conducting quite a lot of studies. Davina McCall is a big um, spokesperson for menopause. You might have seen goes on TV. But they found that around 70% of women in their 40s suffer from anxiety and depression, 80% sleeplessness, 70% joint pain, loss of libido, something a lot of people don't feel comfortable talking about, but that's over 50%, brain fog, and another thing that hope doesn't make you feel uncomfortable, but um, a lot of women get really random, unexpected and very heavy periods. So imagine if you're in a meeting in your suit or not many people wear suits nowadays, do they? But, you know, in a meeting at work or in the office and suddenly there's a disaster. That is really, really embarrassing. And in financial services, you know, it's quite male heavy, particularly at the more senior level something quite difficult to talk about with your boss or if you're in a meeting I've, I've you know I've spoken to women who've had to back out of the meeting literally physically sort of back out back out of the door yeah. in embarrassment so these really physical symptoms or, or um being in a meeting where you know you'd absolutely have smashed it years ago or even last week and suddenly get brain fog or the other big one for so many women is imposter syndrome. So they might get a promotion or again, be in, be in a presentation and suddenly be hit by this wave of feeling everyone's better than me, I can't do it, or I don't want to speak up in the meeting. So all these women that have previously been super ambitious and super confident are, are starting to um, waver emotionally. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I mean, it, it's really interesting that you said the thing there about, you know, being uncomfortable talking about these things. But I suppose the good thing is to get these things out in the open, because half the population deal with this, right? <laughs> OK. And then I think before we were, we were chatting on, uh, here just beforehand, we mentioned about like men have issues as well. So it's good to get these things out in the open and, and, and really have a discussion about them. And that's the best thing we can do. But, you know, I'm interested that you say, I think in the notes you were sending me, that something like 900,000 women in the UK have left their roles due to menopausal symptoms. This sounds like an absolute disaster because we're talking about, as you say, women in the prime of their life with all this experience behind them being hugely useful to the companies. And yet because of this issue that we're not really talking about having to leave, why is this happening? You know, I mean, I, I know from talking with so many women, generally in their 40s, although it's not always in their 40s, that they feel really, really overwhelmed. And I know we have, a, everyone's got a lot on, life's busy. It, with Zoom, the Zoom, the, the, the post-COVID generation where we're in teams meeting after teams meeting, life is busy, there's a lot going on. A lot of women now have had children a little bit later. So they might have younger children. We have older parents, so we're the sandwich generation. And generally, but not always, women tend to be the carers in these situations i know i know men are also really involved too but there's been a lot there's a lot going on and the last few years have been pretty tough and whilst 
I often hear people say, yeah, but women have always gone through menopause. Well, what's different? But now, should I say then, women generally didn't have such big professional pressures on them as they have now. So a lot of women now are in high pressure jobs, particularly in financial services. And we've got high expectations on ourselves and other people have big expectations too. There's family commitments. Um, so there's just been a lot going on. And as a result, many women feel overwhelmed and they maybe have a bit of an epiphany and just say, you know, I just don't want to do this anymore. But I will just add on that point that the most common age for divorce and for suicide in women is around 45. So there's obviously a lot going on and that feeling of overwhelm, which is really sad um, statistic to hear. Um, but obviously that feeling of overwhelm can, can just make, make so many women feel, you know, enough's enough and, and they're leaving or they're wanting to cut their hours and even cutting hours has a huge impact on the organization they're working for as well so let's make this clear here we're absolutely not saying this is about underperformance or anything like that that is such a good point because it's not about underperformance these women are still performing really really well and they're still great hires the issue is that they have to work a little bit harder and put themselves under a bit more stress or anxiety in order to perform whilst they're feeling this way. If you're in a meeting and you have brain fog, you just need to push yourself that bit further. But there's loads of things you can do, like making sure you take notes and, and, and take things in with you so that you're really well prepared. So there's always a solution to every symptom. It just needs talking through and working out. And I think that's the really important thing to say here. I mean, like I'll make this clear on this, is that, as you say, they're working harder. So it's just an extra strain on them. Um, and, and, and that, I suppose, brings us, uh, before we get to the solutions, I just want to ask about the impact on financial services companies from these people leaving. Because, as you say, we've got really senior people leaving roles when hopefully they really shouldn't have to unless they really want to. So the cost of employing, or should I say losing somebody, in a senior position in financial services is probably around four to five five times their salary. Because you think not only is there the cost of recruiting, but we all know that, you know, the cost of that, there's the onboarding, there's the training of somebody new, there's a the lost productivity, the lost productivity of their team potentially, how long will it take a new person to get up to speed? So there's a really, really big cost of that. There's a negative effects on the workforce morale, of course, um, broken trust, broken relationships, it goes on. So if someone's on 100K, that could easily be four or 500K cost when they leave. Um, and it opens up a really big gap, of course, where there could be, there should be experience. Um, we also know, and you know, if you think about the women in finance charter, all these financial services firms that have signed up to their commitment to having more women in senior roles. But by balanced um, and a diverse workforce, it's good for business. The more profitable, productive organisations have women on the boards and at senior levels. So if we're losing women, where do we find these women? Of course, um, it impacts profit. And the other thing to mention, which I think is really important for you know, particularly any leaders that might be listening to this podcast, is, is that there is a risk of tribunal for discrimination. So um, age, sex and disability are what is called protected characteristics under the 2010 um, Equality Act. So what that means is that there could be a case potentially if someone feels discriminated against. There has been previous case law that supports this and supports those claims. So, you know, there's a risk there as well. But most importantly, think about the business and the importance of diversity and doing the right thing by these women. 
Yeah, and I think that's important to note there. Obviously, there is a legal uh, requirement on companies to look after their staff for these particular issues. But I think the interesting thing that you mentioned there is just, you know, this is a huge loss for companies. Now, you know, we're in the investment professions. We're all about understanding value. And you want to do everything you can to maintain the value in your company. And you don't want to do anything to put that value at risk. So really, it's incumbent on companies to take steps to deal with this. And I'd be interested for you to maybe tell me about some 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 best, you know, best practice in this area. Who's done really well at dealing with this topic? Yeah, so um, there's three firms that, that spring to mind within um, financial services, and that's HSBC, First Direct, and MS Bank, who've all won something called the Menopause Friendly Accreditation. So they've, um, you know, they, they've introduced a number of positive changes that I can chat through if you'd like. Um, it's just important to think about, I would say, primarily educating your people, which is something they've all done really, really well. Something that I do by running, by running these, these, um, workshops, but getting men involved in these conversations too. Um, you know, having men as advocates and hopefully you're getting used to talking about this now, David, as we're, as we're talking it through. But there's lots of oh, I am. I, things I, that, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel very comfortable talking about it now. Yeah. So, so yeah, then please do give us the specific examples of what companies are doing. Okay, so you need to have a good menopause policy in place. Lots of firms are starting to build those out is something that we advise on as well. But listening to views of people in the business, so having a committee, which might be a handful of people and hopefully some men as well to lead this forward, but equally having a menopause um, cafe or society or, or, or network so that women can go and share and talk and chat and feel comfortable chatting about what they might be going through. But all of those, those two things, the committee and the cafe, enable senior management to hear the views and get a really good, strong policy and foundation in place. For me, it's about, um, and I know these organisations I mentioned, they really encourage people to talk about it openly. We've got to get rid of the taboo, which is the first thing you said at the very beginning of this session, David. Break down that taboo, educate everyone on what's actually going on and the impact it can have, because it doesn't just affect the women. It might even be a transgender employee, but it affects everyone they're in contact with, you know, whether that's people working for them, their managers, their colleagues, their teams, potentially clients. So getting people to talk about it, um, not feel embarrassed. It could also be affecting men within the business who might have, or, or women who might have a partner at home going through it as well. So just thinking more broadly about the topic and um, training your people, training managers to have those more difficult conversations, training women to talk about it openly with their managers really helps. Um, Something that HSBC have done really well is they've put really practical adjustments in place. So, for example, they've helped um, women that might be feeling exhausted and have fatigue with more flexible working hours and, and later starts. They've come up with um, this solution whereby they've made the uniform more breathable and they're allowing people to order more uniforms without having to have a reason for doing that. Many firms, including um, our firm at Hanover, have now in introduced um fans on all the desks for any women that want them to cool them down a bit. Um, providing coaching and counselling is, is great. One of the things that we do also at Hanover is every woman in the, in the business in their first year of man menopause um, is given some money to see a private consultant. So just for that first year so that they can get um, a proper time with, with a consultant to talk through 
any treatment or HRT that they might need. But really focusing on, on health, I think, you know, whether that's yoga or gyms or eating more healthily, but that focus on health. There's lots of things we can do as women from a health perspective that can really help alleviate those um, symptoms. And I think the thing I'm getting from this is that, I mean, one, look, you know, it's not just about women, okay, because, you know, we work with women, men work with women. So this affects all of us. And we, you know, there's a real, you know, uh, obligation on men to understand, you know, what's going on there. I suppose my final question would be, would be that personal thing. If you're a man at work, what's the best way to approach it? Is it just to be open and understanding about these issues? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And what I would say is you can never make assumptions. And that's what makes it a little bit more difficult and challenging. But you can't just assume that just because a woman's in her 40s, she's going through the change or might be feeling these symptoms because some women sail through it and others might not feel comfortable talking about it. So it's treading that that delicate line, I think, in terms of just ensuring that you're there to provide that support and be aware of what those women within your teams and your colleagues might be going through. Well, thank you very much. That's excellent guidance. Thank you, Victoria, for chatting to me today. Thank you to everyone for listening. Remember to look out for the next episode of our In Conversation podcast through the usual CFA UK email and social media channels. You can also subscribe so that you don't miss an episode through CFA UK's SoundCloud channel or Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm.